Good evening, troops. Happy weekend. Another episode of the Endless Celts podcast here, bringing you all things Celtic for the week. Uh, glad to be joined by my two best pals <laughs> and show regulars, Ross and Franny. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, using the, be- the term best pal pretty loosely there, kid. But... <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? I- I'm doing good, mate, yourself. Aye, all right. I just had a big plated spag ball and I'm feeling a bit, but we'll be all right. It's been a good week <laughs> Celtic-wise anyway. How we doing, Franny, all right? I don't know, bad, no bad warrant, just here on a Friday night, it seems that's the thing to do for Celtic <laughs> podcasts now. Definitely, mate, definitely. So before we jump into uh, the St Man game, uh, I want to touch on uh, Mr Fergus McCann, even Jed. It's 28. Ross texted me the day. I didn't even realise that Ross is a man in the know as usual. Uh, Finger on the pulse, kid. (laughs) 28 28 years to the day since Fergus McCann saved Celtic. Can't believe it's been that long. Um, Since then, I know the famous, you'll know the famous quotes where he says we need to pay the bills and all sorts. We could have went down the route that certain other clubs have, uh, but it would have been an embarrassment and need to pay the bills and since then, we've, we've built a 60,000-seater stadium and won countless <clears throat> titles and Scottish Cups, League Cups and all sorts. And um, Without him, I don't think any of this, any of this stuff that we're, we're seeing now would be possible. Uh, I think it's the, the ages we are, we, we remember it quite well. And uh, I just want you to touch <clears throat> on Fergus McCamross. I'll come at you first. What do you, what do you think about the man? Because I know there's... There's been a bit of a split. I know I got booed when he came back and stuff like that, which I think is absolutely ridiculous after what he's done for the club. Uh, what's your opinion on a man and what he's done for us? Well, he's he's the the saviour of the club. Uh, he's he's the foundation of what we are now. Uh, I'll never forget the statement. What was it? The the war is over. The rebels have Not won. Yeah. Is, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Aye. <laughs> Thanks, Jed. Bang on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, aye, I, I mean, you touch on there about how it was sort of splitting that, and I think obviously there was, there was times in that when he was more astute with his money and stuff, and I think the fans got a bit. Everybody they they, they bought into this like the, the it was the basket tin oh, mentality basket. and all that, and it still goes on the way it, that's the way it is now, but I think. As time passed, I think if, if Fergus McCann came back to Parkhead now to unveil a, a flag or that, he would he would get a rousing applause and he, the, the full stadium would be on their feet. I think time has shown us that he's he's the man that is basically gave, gave us the platform to be the club we are now and playing the beautiful stadium that we do now. And you can't thank the guy enough for that. Totally. I think for me, there should be a statue or whatever a name a stand named after whatever um, I, right. uh, Franny you obviously um, <coughs> again the rare ages we will remember it quite well what was your memories of the time uh, that all that was going on and, and what's your opinion on Fergus McCann yourself it's much very much uh, like yourselves it was just the whole like, growing up like yeah it was like the biscuit ment- uh, biscuit time mentality and stuff that was the narrative that was spun and but it's just once you once the guy's away and you realise you sit back and reflect on what he actually done for the club, what he said he was going to do, said he was going to come in, save the club and build a stadium. He done 
more than that, to be fair. He set a foundation <coughs> for us to go and achieve what we, we achieved you round off some of the honours there as well, William. So, yeah, it's just one of the ones that's just, I think you appreciate the guy more once he's he's done his sort of tenure, he's done what he said he would do. It's, once time has passed and stuff, you just you actually realise how, how good a guy that he actually was and that just the type of guy he was. So, yeah, it can only be, I think looking back on a lot of Celtic fans, older than us and stuff that maybe had a different sort of outlook towards them. I think I'll look back now and uh, probably with a different uh, mindset. But I'm you were. I know John's obviously saying there about a statue, but I think he said no on a statue. I think it, I actually don't think he said he doesn't want any sort of memory and that's sort of like any name and things. But I think I stand, considering what he said he was going to do, the stadium, I think I stand would be very, naming a stand after him would be very fitting. Makes sense with him being a big part mm. of obviously the stadium building that. that would mm-hmm. be- uh, I think, to be honest, I think he's a bang. I think the majority would agree now, and all their success is needed to start somewhere. And I think that was the, uh, the biggest platform for us to go on and, and do what we have done in the last twenty-eight years. Still can't believe it's been that long, but I we thank you very much, Fergus, for all the for all the times we've had since. And and by the way, if he doesn't want a statue, just give him a brick for nothing. <laughs> Fine, man. Right, let's get into this one game. Uh, two now winners, uh, a fairly dominant performance again. However, you look at whatever way you perceive it. Uh, some say we're in a slumpy form at the moment. Um, I don't uh, I agree. To be honest with you, I think we've been playing some great football. It's just that that final finish or that final, uh, just in the, th- the final third. There's Andy. How are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a game for Andy. How are we doing, Andy? <laughs> Um, what what's your thoughts on the game, Ross? Uh, are we is it still we're still in a slumpy form, or or are we are we doing things right, or is it just a matter of doesn't it matter how we win, uh, as long as we're getting the three points? Well, I think we've continued to keep trying to play the way that we want to play. We have been off the boil compared to certainly compared to a lot of other games since the the turn of the year, but we're still. Like you've said, we're still controlling games. We controlled that game Wednesday night from start to finish. Never looked like under. Never looked like losing the game. Or there was one moment in, in the first half where the ball got flashed across and it beat the first man. Joe Hart's down and it quick gets there just before the St. Man player. Other than that, I can't think of another time in the game where we looked like oh that was a dodgy moment or whatever it was just I mean Stephen's saying their champions win ugly and, and that's he's right saying that but I don't think that we won ugly the other night by know. any stretch I think we controlled the game I think we played some decent football uh, but again it was one of the games where St Myrna are camped in their own there's 21 players playing in the last 40 yards of the park. 21 mm-hmm. players, right? And Maeda is a guy that plays on the shoulder and wants, wants a through ball, run yeah. on at his pace. It's, it, the way Celtic play against most teams, and this is nice land, Maeda, I think it's more geared up for Big Giacomacus. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the Celtic players, the midfield, it'll, it'll take time. But they will start to sort of get an understanding with Maeda because I think it's he's that quick. I think it sometimes like 
they've maybe looked up, seen him, then went to play the ball. By the time they played the ball, he's five yards away from where he was because he, he's just he's just <laughs> rapid yeah, and he's, he's on the move all the time, and it's hard to like get an understanding as quick as what we're looking for. I think mm-hmm. it, it will come, and I think Maeda will be a good player for us. But at times the other night, he was well playing a phone box. There was that little that little <laughs> space, but I think. In terms of the second half, I think we came out the first half we weren't <laughs> outstanding. Second half, I thought we played a hell of a lot better. Uh, and then when we brought the substitutes on, I know we got the goal before. I think we got the goal before we brought substitutes yeah. on. But so that obviously opens it up a bit more. And then the substitutes come on, and there's just that reinvigoration again, fresh legs. Rogic came on, brilliant. He, mm. he played brilliant again. He, he's been off the boil for two or three games, but he was back. Not his best, but he was. He played really well. I thought James Forrest came on. Didn't he change the game? Because I thought Abada was coming on to a game <laughs> and he got taken off. But Forrest came on. It's a, he was really direct. I was really impressed with him. He's no back to the Forrest the old, but he certainly played one of the best games or one of the best cameos if you like that he's played in a long time and I, I thought the second half we moved it well there's I was just ready to say it <laughs> I think he's the same we moved the ball a lot quicker uh, and I mean like I've said we have been off the boil but I think you could I, I said it the other week if we didn't start to put a, a better performance in, we probably would get caught out and drop points and that happened on Sunday. But hopefully it's the kick up the arse that we needed and we'll sort of kick on again uh, because any other time that we've dropped points uh, throughout the season, we've then went on a run of games, a good mm-hmm. run of games with yeah. wins. So hopefully we nine to go, we do that again and seal the title. Yeah, definitely. And that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> long, eh? <laughs> uh, I'm glad you touched on a few things. We're going to come on to the subjects and my head on that later on. But um, I, I'm glad you touched on the stuff. Where you're bang on that, like 40 yards out, the striker was like the, the, uh, the front man was like 40 yards out, and it's all it's almost becoming that like uh, Starfield and more CCV are like our playmakers now because they're that far in advance. They're sitting 40 yards out, and the, the, the ball's always coming back to them, and they're having to create space and yep. find players. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Franny, I just same with you, mate. Um, how do you feel? Did you feel like we're on a slumpy form? Because I'm not so sure. I think we're playing as well as we have been. We're just not clinical enough. Because, like, for example, here's a question for you Do you think that performance was any better than the Hibs performance? Because I'm not so sure it is. I just think we were, we, we managed to get in certain positions and we got a set piece and we scored for it and Cal Max got in and scored a good goal. I'm yeah. not so sure it's as, like, a te- as terrible a performance as Hibs. I thought we created much. We had all the possession. We, we I just feel like that final ball was lacking. Or I, I, I just, I know, I don't think I'm having this like some perform thing. What, what, how do you feel about it? I, I don't know if it's as much as a slump. I think there's been a drop-off in the level of performance and the fact that the way we're not playing as fast as we, we were, everything seems a wee bit, maybe the easier pass and not playing a difficult pass, but I thought 
Wednesday night we played really good. Like I think you're kind of bang on about the the Hibs game. We just never created anything. We never. I think you actually said in the chat we never once looked like we we're going to lose that game. Some uh, uh, Wednesday there we just didn't look like we we're losing the game, but we also got the goal and it forced St. Mullen to come out a wee bit more than uh, later on. But I'd, I think. I wouldn't call it a slump, slump, but I think there was a decline in performance. But Wednesday night, it might be. I don't know if it's it's not the benefit of hindsight saying it, but I think obviously because you win the game, you, you look at a game no, a wee bit differently. Definitely. I think on like whereas the like the Hibs game, yeah, we did have a lot of the ball. Only really to my knowledge, created one good chance with a badder. Because we drew it now, now I think if you won that game one now, you'd have been sitting. It was like gritty three points. That's my point with the two performances aye. for Wednesday night, and then just because the we problem, won the I score. think if you, I, I think if you won both games, you'd probably be looking at both games in a similar sort of fashion. I thought we did play a lot better on Wednesday, but am I saying that on the back of scoring two goals? I think, I personally, I do think we played better on Wednesday than we did on Sunday, and I think the subs made a difference. Like, like Ross was saying, not. Like Rogic made a, a big difference, but the, the subs looked a bit fresher. Looked they put in decent enough performance and stuff. So I, th- I just think it's, I think these type of games have got to be sort of more regular at the end of the season because teams have got something to play for now. They know if they're sitting against us, they can make it a wee bit difficult for us, and they can maybe nick a draw or something. So I think we're going to see a lot of games out the nine like this towards the end of the season where it'll be teams right. just cramped in their own half just sitting in and we're just going to have to have to be patient and just the fans just try and stick with the team and just trust that a goal will come definitely Ross was shaking his head a couple of times there <laughs> I wasn't disagreeing with what Franny was saying but uh, what's John saying Ross looking to take, take my talk, talk, talk title I'll maybe mention refs later <laughs> actually about three quarters of the way through it I thought I'm going to run a bit here, but <laughs> <laughs> I, felt uh, like, I felt like you didn't hear a clue. What <laughs> well, I mean, the fact, the very fact that you said that in the podcast, I thought, well, I was going to run a bit. <laughs> um, but no, I wasn't disagreeing with Franny, but on the question itself, I felt like we played a lot better on Wednesday than what we we did on Sunday Easter Road. I, I felt we never worked the, the keeper on Sunday at all. Bar, bar the, the Abada chance, I think it was near the end. Uh, I, I don't think we created enough. I think we were, our play was really slow. The passing wasn't crisp. Uh, I, I just feel like we were a bit more penetrative on Wednesday night and we got in behind a lot more than what we did at Easter Road. And that's with St Mirren being like sort of camped in their half I still felt we got in behind them more than what we did at Easter Road and, and Hibs to be fair to them I know they were spoiling tactics and all the rest of it but I think they, they did at times when they could try and have a go and Aye. they did mm-hmm. like put Celtic under a lot, Aye. I can't mind the boy's name he had a decent game, I can't mind his name Aye, Jasper. Ah, I was going to say man. Jensen and I knew it wasn't right. <laughs> to be fair, uh, they did, it, was only, it was only the last 10-15 minutes they proper camped in. They did, they did talk about us like that. Aye, they did. So, I mean, that's, that's just one person's opinion. I just aye. felt we played better on, on Wednesday than we did on Sunday. Aye. But 
I suppose when you look at it, like when people are saying about a slump in form, <clears throat> I can sort of understand it because we were absolutely flying and we were mm. pumping everybody. So, but I mean, we're still winning games, uh, and we didn't look, we didn't lose against Hibs. I mean, we, and it's not as if it was like backs against the wall. We absolutely, um, we absolutely battered them, and, and possession wise, anyway. Um, but I just to touch on a couple of things I seen that. Uh, Big Steven says there that these are games we should be winning. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but for me, like you're not going to win every week. Again, I would, no. I would be willing to bet money on that. There's going to be plenty up and downs between now and the end of the season. <coughs> um, and I just don't see this this something form thing. I think it's just because we've been flying. <laughs> we can't expect to. We're still winning games. It was a draw, one draw, and aye. everybody's up in arms. Uh, and I bet Jen, it's coming. Aye, <laughs> Jed says just, as well. I, if you want to look at my isolation as well, if you offered us nine games, eight, exactly. eight wins in a draw, you'd obtain it after the winter break. Exactly. Oh, aye, absolutely. If you offered us before the winter break, we were however many points mm. behind. We were Six, sitting in aye. second and now we're three ahead. It's just absolutely nine days. So, uh, mm. Jed as well, I've seen your comment, mate, saying that if we move the ball quicker, I, I think you're bang on. Mm. I'm going to, actually, this might upset a few people, but I think Jota's murder for that. He's, he holds on it sometimes too much and he needs to beat a player and Sometimes I think you just get it at your feet quicker. I don't know. Aye, Franny, Franny said, sorry, Wally. Franny said sorry. something the other night. I was watching the game with Franny and he said, it, and by the way, well, I mean, you know what I'm going to say, Franny, about, about, about the Ronaldo about thing. I'm not saying he's any like as aye. good, but it, it's things he does, he eh? just tries the, maybe the difficult thing, maybe aye. too Rather often. But he's still aye. a class act. Aye, every time he cuts inside and shoots, he's aiming for that rose head at the far back stand. Eh? Yeah. Right. By the way, still, still got to pay the money for him, still got to get him. Oh, 100%. Aye. Class act. Aye. Um, aye, so the front three won the clinical again on Wednesday night, unfortunately, and it tained the two centre halves to step up <laughs> Starfelt and CCV. I think they've been excellent for us. Um, how important is it? Uh, I'll come to Franny first on this one. How important is it that we break the bank and sign CCV? Considering, by the way, that he's got three goals this season and Ryan Kent's only got two. <laughs> well, I d- it's, it's as, as important as probably maybe more important as getting the Jota deal done, I think, the, the Carter-Vickers deal done. It's just, like, how hard is a good defender to come, come by in his... He's absolutely brilliant. <coughs> he cruises it in nearly every game we've seen. Just nothing seems to phase him. He hardly shows any emotion. Just takes everything in his stride. He really uses like I, I don't know any time he's he's lost uh, any jewels like one on one with like got out muscled or anything like that. So I just and he's got a good, seems to have a good partnership with Starfield as well. As much as uh, <laughs> it's. <laughs> as much as Starfelt he's been sort of indifferent to start with and maybe one week we're, we're hailing him as brilliant the next week we're having a go at him but if you look at their partnership they've got a really good partnership together so it's if you don't do the, the Carter-Vickers deal are you then having to try and force another partnership on Starfelt right. that might not work and stuff so I, I just think the, the pros totally outweigh the cons when you when you look at yeah it's a big transfer fee it'll be big wages as well but when you consider it when you know what you're getting 
It's not like I just I don't see any reason why you, you shouldn't be trying to make that deal happen. Definitely, that's a good point, Alistair, mate. Um, mm-hmm. I for me, for me, he looks so comfortable on the ball as well. He's taking it and he's he's actually uh, starting the attacks. Um, I don't know how you feel about Rossi. We've got the sign, haven't we? Well, it's it's actually getting to the stage, and I know Jota has been off the boil a wee bit. He's still class. It's getting to the stage now. You don't want to put it, you want to get both. Of course, we've said that for months, but it's actually getting to the stage now where Carter Vickers is maybe slightly more important because, right. like Franny says, how hard is it to get a centre half? We've been trying for years to get a, a top centre half that dominates. And you, you just can't, they're hard to come by. I right. think it's a deal we have to do. And by the way, never mind CCV. I've got to start calling him CCTV because he sees everything. <laughs> he's class. He's, got a, he's <laughs> strong. He's comfortable in the ball. He's just, he's proper class. It, he's, and he's, he's not blessed with unbelievable pace. But I've said it before, he's always in the right place right. where he doesn't need to have pace. He just reads the game so well. And I mean, in Europe, obviously, we've been found wanting recently. So, <clears throat> but in the league, he's, he's never, it he never looks like bothered. He never looks flustered. It's just, it's easy for him. He just uh, strolls uh, through games. It's like walking mm. football, isn't it? Uh. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's like the still game episode. Uh. The walking football. We could be doing with like Navid actually, just a half a few boys. <laughs> um, aye, so uh, CCV alongside them, Franny touching it there. We've got uh, Starfelt. He's um, I was I was quite critical of him when he first came in. I still think there's times where he does panic when he's given the ball in a in a, in a certain situation. But he's he's been absolutely superb. And the two of them together have been great. Um, I think he's settled in now, and I think he's he's, he's quickly becoming. He's quickly changing a few opinions anyway. Uh, you, I know you've already touched on it, but Starfelt, um, superb, isn't he? Sorry, was that for me? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, Stephen, just stop with the comments. You've Aye, by the way, you've sacked your hosting job tonight. Did you see that? Oh, he, actually, he actually brought out a comment with John because he agreed with him. Sitting there with his scout on. Aye. <laughs> I don't know, I because I, I don't know. I can't even mind if you were a bit critical of him as well at the start, Franny. But I he's probably, coming good I, now, isn't he? I probably was. I I, I can't remember, but I, I imagine I probably did have say one or one or two things about him. But yeah, he certainly is coming good. Still has that wee shaky moment in him. Uh, it doesn't look the best. <clears> ball playing defense it looks horrendous when you put the ball to his left foot. It looks like it's just there to stand on. But when it comes to actual defending, I don't think you can actually fault the guys. He seems to win always similar to Carter Vickers, seems to win all his headers. Kind of, it does get muscled off the ball a bit, but not too much. I just, it looks like a, a proper old school defender that just likes to defend, first and foremost. I don't, I don't think he's a ball playing defender, or he'll probably get some statisticians showing me all these passing stats that he's got and things like that. But when we've got the ball nearly every minute of a game in that and it's the defenders that have got it. It's it's a wee bit of a false start for me. But when it comes to defending, I think especially of late again he's he's, uh, he's the guy's been you cannot fault the guy. I thought he actually he had a really, really good game as well the other night. So uh, it's it's good to see that the guys the guys coming on and stuff. So 
and it is a partnership, so it's yes, yeah, all things looking good in defence and obviously the the start that really matters is the, the goals conceded is is shown that. Exactly. Aye, recently as well. Last two <laughs> um aye, Ross Starfelt, I think in the start as well, I think it's difficult. The more I've thought about it now, I think I maybe gave him a bit of stick when I shouldn't have because Angie's style Angie's style. The centre halves as well, they're, they're so far up the pitch. And I think for a centre half, the worst thing in the world is getting a ball over the top and you've got your 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 you're facing your own goal running back the way. And I think it's tough. I think it took him a time to adjust, but I think domestically anyway, he's he's, he's definitely getting there. What's what's your thoughts on Starfield? Is coming good? I would agree with that, Wally, that it has obviously took him time to adjust to Angie's style. Um, and I'll openly admit that I've I've been a critic of him. Like, and I, I think it was at times justified. Uh, mm. Obviously, I try to give him as much time as possible and then you get to a point and you're like, no, he's, he's not got a day. <laughs> but he is, he is starting to come good. Uh, defending his area... You can't fault him defending like sort of one and one. He does well. He still looks awkward when he's passing the ball, but I don't know if it's because he's playing on the wrong side of the def- defence for him. I don't know if that's natural for him, but uh, my only gripe at the minute is he still gets too tight, far too tight mm. all the time. Aye. He's eager to win the ball. I, I get that, but like sometimes. The boys know there to be one. It, just, just take a step back and just size up the situation. You don't need to bring Jan all the time because you you'll get done, and he has been done. That's my only gripe. But <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. He has started to come into a game. Definitely has, uh, and you can't fault him in recent weeks for what he's done. If, if he just would drain it in sometimes. Aye. Because mm. I, I think he's gave away a lot of free kicks, silly free kicks, in areas where teams Aye. can get a ball into the box. He'd done it against Dundee. I'm sure he was... I'm sure he, he definitely committed yeah, the foul for one of them. Mm. Uh, Aye. Aye. Just, Aye. just <laughs> it's calmed down a bit. But other than that, I, I wouldn't... I, I said on a previous podcast as well that Weeks ago now, months, I said that I would play Welsh before him, and at the time, I would, I probably would have, I'd still stand by that. But right now, you you can't kind of split that partnership up. You can see they've got an understanding, and it's the business end of the season. No, even John would split that partnership. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Uh, I, nah, you just can't. I think I think you've got a good point about that. That was always my gripe with Beaton at centre half. He was always murder for for diving <laughs> in or being too tight, and that that and I just think sometimes when teams push <clears throat> us and Starfield's giving the ball, he's looking. It's like a hot tatty. He's just whacking <laughs> idiot straight away. But other than that, I think he's been absolutely superb recently. Um, I want to go on to the um, inverted wing backs next. <laughs> I'll come to you first, Ross. I thought. Taylor and Juranovic were absolutely superb the night Wednesday night. I think they're both grown into that role. I mean, as a, <coughs> as a as a fullback or a wing back, it's it's no natural to play when you're coming into centre mid and and, and you're you're having to go round outside and stuff. And and it, it's actually to the point, and I think in the modern game it's happening, you see it with 
like uh, Trent and Robertson at Liverpool, and, and obviously the Man, Man City, uh, Guardiola is quite a big fan of it. But the, the fullbacks are becoming like the most, the biggest attacking threat in, on the pitch in, in some ways. And I thought Juranovic, especially um, the other night, was getting forward and, and getting balls in the box. He was superb. Uh, how do you think they played the other night? And, and how do you think they're settling? I know we're big Taylor fans, but I think it's maybe because a lot of people don't. Uh, how do you think they did the other night? And, and how do you think they've grown into that role? I thought they played pretty well, aye. Um, I, th- I think they're integral to the way they, the way we play, uh, whether it be Taylor, whether it be Scales, or Juranovic, or Ralston. They're, they're integral to the way the team play. Uh, I thought the, the both of them done pretty well the other night. Uh, I thought, I, I thought maybe I know Juranovic sort of got a half assist, if you like, with the McGregor goal. But I thought his final ball at times was no great. Uh, it, there was one uh, where it should have just went along the ground mm-hmm. into that corridor of uncertainty. <laughs> but he's lifted it and Aye. it's went over the top of Maeda. What needs is the ball just along the ground. Maeda's got the pace. He's, he's looking for that ball. But it, you could see him getting frustrated with himself at times the other night. But in terms of the game itself, Juranovic had a good game and affected the game and like was effective for the team. And Taylor, I know he gets a, a rough, he gets a rough ride. He does. Oh, he's getting it now. Aye, I, I, I know. Steven. I've seen that. Well, I'm, not, I'm not Taylor's biggest fan, but we don't need to worry for Europe for nine games. No, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I think Taylor is a very good defender, right? At times this season, he has been caught out with the ball over the top. But it's like we've all said before, it's getting used to a new position. But as a, as, and I know we're not playing that, but just as an example, when Taylor plays as a, a just a normal left back, no the inverted one, he never gets caught out defensively. And one on ones, he's he's really really good. He reads where the man's going. He wins the tackle. He, he's crossing is no. Amazing, but then neither is Ralston. And Juranovic hasn't been. Aye, Ralston has had a. He's had a really good season this season. He's got a lot of assists, but Greg Taylor had a decent season in a terrible team Mm. last year, and he was the top assister. You go through spells where you get assists; they Mm. they they just go up. I, I wouldn't say. Like everybody's raving about Ralston, right? And by the way, I'm no slating him at all. He's had a great season, an outstanding season. But he's had an outstanding season against seasons he's had for Celtic before. Mm-hmm. He still can't get. He's still not the first choice because Juranovic is. Taylor has had a decent season. I think he's had a decent season every season he's played for Celtic. He never lets us down. He's a seven out of ten every single game. Sometimes the odd occasion it's more. Very rarely, very rarely would you say it's less than a seven. He never ever lets us down. He he gives us everything he's got. And I, of course, there, there's always somebody better out there for every position. Doesn't matter who you are. There's somebody better oh, out maybe. there. Somebody hmm. bigger out there. There's there's always somebody better. But right now we've got Greg Taylor, and he's he's doing his a turn. If we can get 
somebody in that's better than Greg Taylor, I'm all for it. But it's no easy okay. to get. It's no get easy somebody, to get. Get somebody that's better than Kyogo up front then. Bring him in as aye. well. But no, there's nobody it's, ranting about that, aye. you know what I mean? It's not just mm. as easy as, oh, we'll just go and get that guy. Just, just go and get Kane. <laughs> just get Kane. <laughs> 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 so, Franny, I know you're a massive Juranovic fan and you have been aye. for day one since you came in. So how do you think <laughs> the boys have been doing in this inverted bring-back role and more specifically Juranovic because you've got a bit of a man crush on him? <laughs> well, in that case, we'll start with. Well, no, we'll start with your uh, I think he was clearly an insane, and he knew he knew that system and stuff. And I just, it looks like a player that could play anywhere in the park. He just looks so aye, comfortable. Does, looks so comfortable. So, I think he's absolutely suited for it. But I do agree with what Ross is saying that he's crossing, which is one of the, was meant to be one of his big attributes. I, it hasn't been great, or it's maybe just it's the wrong cross he's packing, like the one Ross picked up on. The the Maya don't just put it all on the ground. Aye. So if Yakimakis is there, it's probably a great cross because he'll head it in. But it's just it's he's picking. So that's maybe more his decision making more than anything. But yeah, I think he's clearly integral for like that that inverted fullback because he he does come in wide and he can take the ball in in the centre of the park and then it leaves the leaves the right wing for Abada who's always predominantly out there and it gives us who keeps the width for the park without it being congested in the middle. And for Taylor, they have never been his biggest fan, but he kind of had a stop-start uh, campaign at the start of the season and stuff. Had injuries, so he probably wasn't. And I touched on a previous podcast. Probably, if you're out injured, you're probably you're no training, so you're no learning this new system. And when he did come in, it maybe wasn't great to start with, but you've got to kind of get up to. It. You've got to get used to. It. You've got to get used to the new teammates and stuff. And I think he's, I think he's done more than okay. Yeah, I would love us to go and get somebody better, but right now we are where we are. We can't, we've got to stick with what we've got and show support. But I don't think he's, he's not a, a terrible player. And I think you'd kind of get the idea that he's maybe had a few bad games learning this new system. Folk are looking at it going every game, it's like I tell us rubbish, tell us rubbish. So if you're, if you're telling yourself a player's rubbish, you're going into the game with the mindset that any mistake you're piling on them. The guy could probably hit a really good seven, like a, a steady seven out of ten, like a, what Johnny Hughes used to do. Seemed to just go by games, never done anything amazing, but never done anything bad, but never let you down. But Greg Taylor seems to be this one where it's he makes one mistake and it's a pile. It's the weapon boy. It's a wee bit, of, and I think that's a wee bit of mindset in the fact that you're going in thinking you just. I've not seen no, you're not a fan. You're not going in disliking a player, but. You're thinking, oh, he's a bad player. He's a bad player. So it's one me, one me bad pass, and it's it's a pile on. But I mean, the fairest to Greg Taylor, he really plays about. I actually think he's a really good pa- crossing, not great passing. I actually think he's a really good passer of ball. But I just, I think he's suffering a bit for a mindset of fans just think he's a bad player, and when it's it goes bad, it's or if plays a wee bad pass or does something gets caught out, it's it's a pile on that's made more of what it actually is. I agree. I think when the team plays bad, it's like we'll point the fingers at certain people. And mm-hmm. uh, for example, Ross touched on it earlier, and he, I thought he was bang on it. Rogic has been honking the last two or three games, but nobody jumps on his back about it because he's yeah. been so good previously. Jota as well. Jota as well. Uh, By the way, Jota's not been, he's mm-hmm. been well off the boil. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
Aye, see for me as well. I'm quite happy to get on somebody's back when I don't think they're playing well enough or they're not trying hard enough. But I just think for me, Greg Taylor gives. And we talk about it all the time. We should stop talking about him, but <laughs> he, he absolutely gives his all every game and try. He might, and I totally agree. He's not the most talented player, and there's far better left backs out there. But he gives everything in the Celtic shirt every time he plays, and that's for me. That's all you can ask for than anybody. So. Uh, Moving on to uh, substitutions on Wednesday night. It's night and day for two or three months ago where <laughs> we were playing <laughs> Mon- Montgomery and Juranovic uh, and, and uh, Abada as a front three and had nothing coming on. Uh, <coughs> they made a difference, I think, the other night, Fanny. What do you think? I think they did not. I can't remember if I said it in the chat, but we said it to, to Ross. Uh, but I know we went up 1-0 before the first substitution, but I think the substitutions stopped any potential desperation happening in the play in the sense that it was the longer the game went on without scoring, maybe some like players maybe have tried to force the issue where I think the substitutions helped keep that freshness in the game and calmed everything. It kept the sort of pace of the game up and it made it look... Same minute after the sort of... Well, the Rogic substitution... He looked like it was one of the ones where he was like, no, I'm making sure we win this game today. Nobody's getting the ball off me. It was just a wee bit like old school robots. Take it anywhere, but you're not getting the ball off me. And then Forrest with his bit of pace as well. I just think... It, they, that yard they of pace something. that he's lost. Aye, that yard of pace that he's lost. Eh? <laughs> must, have, must have found it up the tunnel somewhere. Aye. Must have been hiding. But uh, I just think... I, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like... St. <clears throat> Mirren had played really well, they defended really well and had stuck to it. But I think the substitutions sucked a bit of life out of them a wee bit. I think it made them look a wee bit more tired and it just kept their energy levels up. So it was just one of the ones where the manager gets all the plaudits for the players doing the subs coming on and doing their jobs. Right. Essentially, the, the manager gets all the plaudits for the subs, but it was, yeah, the subs did make a big difference. Definitely. Geo Patrick, yeah. that's... Great point there. I think I think we can all agree. Cal Max best position is number eight. We kind of lose a bit when he's playing number right. six, and he showed that obviously with the goal. Um, I think it was quite astute. We are going to go up and beat on kind of being that more that protector, mm-hmm. and uh, and Hitati was off it by miles. Obviously the other night, so putting Cal Mac in there, and then Rogic obviously made a massive difference. And I don't know with but Forrest losing the yard of pace, but he definitely turned that boy inside out. Drop the shoulder and, and beat on another night. So, uh, what do you think, Ross? You think they came on and, and I think it's pretty obvious that they made a difference. But do you think that's a good point? Cal Max number eight is that his best position and it lets him go on? And, and how do you think the subs did as a whole? Uh, touch on Cal Max first. <clears throat> I think it probably is his best position. I actually wanted to start him there on Wednesday night. Uh, I wanted to play beat on Cal Max and Probably O'Reilly. Didn't they obviously turn out that way, but we, we won the game anyway. But uh, I think definitely, I mean, John, well, he's, there he said it again. He said it earlier on. I was got to touch on it. John said that Rogic <laughs> changed the game. Uh, and I would I would, I would, would agree with it Changed the game maybe a bit strong because they, they were up 1-0. Stephen. We should be beating everybody <laughs> uh, 6-0 yeah. every week, can't we, Stephen? Oh, I okay. you, you, put, you can only beat the team that's playing your league. Aye. Well, where we are, Stephen. <laughs> but uh, aye. Um, 
thought I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you were talking about Callum McGregor anyway. Ah, uh, you should wanted him to start. I know. Right? I'd, I'd moved on. I was say so. John had said about Rogic changing the game. Of the degree he came on, he had a, he was outstanding, and he pulled the strings for the minute he came on. We were up one 0 when he came on, I think. So to change the game, I, I know what he's saying, mm. uh, but we were in front in the game. But excuse me, um, he did come on. He pulled the strings and. He gave he, he pushed us on to that, let's say, where we got the second goal and it gave us the breathing space that we needed and wanted. We all wanted, God. But uh, mm-hmm. I I thought, I sort of touched it on my rant at the start <laughs> uh, about Forrest. I didn't realise we were going to go into this. <laughs> uh, no, you don't need to go further then. <laughs> no, nah, nah, but came on, like you say, he came on and he, he done really well. It was one of his better cameos like I've said previously uh, and I was impressed by him and it bodes well I'm not saying he's back by any stretch but I said it in a previous podcast <laughs> you'll don't see say joking Alistair. Alistair. don't <laughs> say joking <laughs> stick to your <laughs> <laughs> uh, aye, I said it in a previous podcast James Forrest needs games in, and it's difficult to get them now with right. Abada playing as well as what he is but James Forrest will he will feature again in the Celtic team and a run of games. It might not be this season, but you'll see the best of James Forrest for me again next season once he's got a good pre season under his belt. And we've touched on Calmac there. Um uh, another absolute captain's performance. I think he's grown more and more into the role. I think we touched on it at the start of the season and uh about how he's a different leader to Scott Brown and he's it's not so much he shows, he leads by performance, but I think he's actually adding um, the communication and on the pitch, you're seeing him, you're, you're seeing him on the pitch actually telling, like, come mm-hmm. on boys, calm down, and, and, and he's he's just turning into an absolute born leader, I think, and then in, in the press conference as well, the way he's speaking and the way he is about the team, uh, he's one of us, he has been ever since he was a boy, and I just, I, I, I like, I don't think I could love the boy anymore. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think? How do you think? Yeah, do you think he's grown into the role more and more as as the season goes on? And and I mean, for me, he's just a captain until he retires. I mean, in fairness to you, William, I think the minute I got announced, you were over the moon. Then aye. after a the first <laughs> couple of games, it was it was the making of him and stuff. So, uh it's just the guy who's really taken on that role. It's it's a it's a big role to take on. He's you can't fault the guy. He's been absolutely amazing as captain. Ten games with the scruff of the neck quite a lot of times. He's always seems to be performing. Like you say, you're noticing it of late. I think it's more because we're getting to that the business end of the season. Maybe some of the players are getting a wee bit excited seeing that feeding off the crowd and thinking, oh, well, we're top of the league, something Smith. And he's just like, he's, he's been over the course so many times. It's just like, we need to calm down. There's a long way to go. Just then I get too carried away just to get us all a lot of work, but as in the interviews, like you said, he really talks well in interviews, he's intelligent, understands the game and stuff and ex- explains what we're trying to do and where we're trying to get to and things like that, so he's, he's maybe surprised me, not probably surprised me more is I thought always, it was always my first choice for Cat it was one of the ones didn't see any anybody else that could have really taken on that role. But to take it on and 
do do what he's done and play as well as he's done because sometimes being the captain it can maybe take a wee bit off your performance or just a wee bit of pressure but to just to, to turn in the level of performances he's done I just he, he cannot fault the guy that's for me the best point of the night because <laughs> his performances if anything are actually been uh, even better than, the, than he has right. before he's, he's been an absolute immense and I think but we were t- you're touching on earlier Ross about him for me he's a number eight as well and I think Sometimes it can be his own downfall that he's that versatile, but I think I think if he got asked to play in the goal, he would. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, but but how are you seeing? Are you, are you seeing similar to yourself? Whereas like I, I, he was always that quiet boy. You never ever heard from him. He just he did his work on the pitch, and I thought at the start of the season he was going to be that. That was how he led. It was bit with his performances. But are you seeing him grow more and more as a captain and like vocally and and just throughout the season he's, he's grown into that leadership role even more even more so. Aye. I, I mean, first of all, Cal McGregor is a consummate professional. Before he's a captain, he is a consummate professional. He, like Franny said, he knows the game inside out. You can tell that the way he talks in his interviews. And the way he talked in the interviews before he was captain. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'll be honest with you, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I didn't think, I didn't think, it certainly wasn't my first... I'm not saying that I didn't think he couldn't have been Celtic Cup, wouldn't he have been my first choice. But has he surprised me? Maybe slightly. He's probably surprised me because he's actually so good at being Celtic captain <laughs> that I, I can't actually believe it. He's, he's grown into the role, like you say, unbelievably well. He, he leads on the park. He leads by example. He talks. He... He's obviously picked up a couple of wee traits with Bruni in that huddle because it's exactly the same the way he points. Right. You know, the rest of it when he's that's how Bruni <laughs> done it. He's picked up that trait. But I think and this is not taking any credit away from Cal McGregor at all. Uh, but I think what's probably helped him along the way is the fact that he's got a guy like Joe Hart uh, right. to mm-hmm. lean on and he'll be there. <laughs> somebody, somebody put him to bed, man. <laughs> but aye, I think we a guy like Joe Hart to lean on, and not only that, Ange Postacoglu, like first of all as a human being, he he'll have been outstanding for if you could have picked any manager. For Carl McGregor to go into that captain's role and play under, it's him. It's 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 no Eddie Howe, and that's I'm not just saying that with hindsight. Ange will be in his ear all the time. He'll be like man managing and mm. tell telling him what to do. And I know he say I know he says he's not in the dressing room and that all the time. You're not gonna tell me he'll not be having conversation with Carl right. McGregor out with. Do you know what I mean? And I can't speak highly enough to Cal McGregor. I mean, as a captain, Scott Brown was outstanding. I absolutely loved him. And again, this is not a slant to Scott Brown, right? But I mean, we could all laugh in that, and it was funny, right? See, we were going to Ibrox and we were beating them. Scott Brown would come out and be a wido, basically, Aye. in interviews, right? Mm-hmm. No, it was funny, but it wasn't. It wasn't class. Aye, and Cal, Cal McGregor. Uzi's class. Yeah, bang on, mate. 
and and he's, well. he's a he's got a, sorry, well he's he's no, a, a better footballer than Scott Brown ever was. Scott Brown mm. will admit that himself. But Scott Brown has proved over the years that he can drag a team like a Steven Gerrard did, and I don't like mm. to mention his name on a Celtic podcast, but <laughs> he, he can drag a team. <laughs> I know, but he's still a prick. But uh, aye, Scott Brown could drag a team even when they weren't playing well. There might be examples of that. I can't think off the top of my head that McGregor's maybe done that for us this season, but that that will probably come with experience and time. But I, I I absolutely love the guy he bits, and he's he's just he's a modern day Paul McStay. Wow, that's a big statement. I'm not saying he's as good as him, but no, as no. a captain, I know what you mean. And he dictates the face of a game. You feel like he's going to be at the club for his whole career as well, don't you? Aye, absolutely. And I'm not and saying he's good as Mick Stay, by the way. See, the thing is, as well, when Brown left, I was I was always wary of the, the fact that because when new players came in, he brought them in, told them what it is to be, mm-hmm. showed them what it is to be part of this club. And I think Cal Max absolutely epitomised that in the last season anyways I think he's went above and beyond how I thought and I was always wanting him as captain but like I say I, I just went way above and beyond um, what I thought he would be this year I think he's been excellent um, see we're dragging on a bit we're still talking about St Man game but I'm just going <laughs> to <laughs> hang on so the front three again just no clinical enough for the third game running or so um, and I really feel for Maeda up front because I'm if you sit and watch the games, if you if you watch him off the ball, he's making run after run after run, and, and I just feel like nobody's finding him. And I think Ross made a good point about how when there's 11 men, 10 men in their own box, it's difficult to find him, and that's not his game. So I'll come to you for this, Ross, because you spoke about it earlier. Is, is it a matter of the way teams are playing against us doesn't suit him, or our style and the way we're playing because we are it is pretty much the last two games it's been about trying to find the space get it wide and get it in the box for the wide areas and to be fair he still makes the runs and he scored a couple of headers for us is it a matter of our style or is it just we're coming up against teams and he likes to get in behind and there's no chance of that when they're sitting on their own six yard box uh, I think it's probably a bit of both uh, I think at times well, our style is get the ball wide, but we've not been getting it wide quick enough in the recent games. Like Franny said, we're taking the easy pass. When Hatati first came in, he was bypassing and getting it out <coughs> wide quicker with yeah. the, the diagonal ball. That's yeah. not happening as much. And, and, and if he is trying it, he's not executing it the same. And then that coupled with teams, no disrespect, but teams like St Myrne sitting back they know my head has got pace, so they're quite entitled to sit deep to protect themselves for, through balls, which they know he's going to be playing. They, they have to protect themselves through that. So I think it's a bit of both, but I said earlier in the podcast as well, I think that it's there needs to be a bit of time where the midfield, whoever that will be, need to get an understanding with Maeda. He, he's on the move all the time. His work rate is unbelievable. You can't fault him. He, like His head never goes down, even if he, he misses a chance or he, he's no getting chances. He, he's still 
puts everything in for the team. Similar to Kyogo. Kyogo's just obviously been a hell of a lot better so far. But I see enough in Maeda that he'll be an asset for us. I don't think at the moment that he would be ahead of Kyogo. For me at the moment, he's not ahead of Duke Marcus. Uh, but, I mean, if you told me at the start of the season that we'd have we'd be able to choose our central striker between Maeda, Kyogo and Giacomakis. I took that all day long. Aye, definitely. I do definitely see similarities between him and, him and Kyogo. Um, Franny, just to say to yourself, do you think it's just a matter of midfielders need to understand his movement a bit more? Or? Yeah, I think it's a bit of that, just need to understand his movement a bit more, move the ball faster, because if you get the ball out wide quicker, teams are maybe that 10, 10, 15 yards further out the park, and it maybe it just give him that bit of space that he needs with, with his pace, so it's just one, and then Jota's not helping matters with being a wee bit off the ball, that's not got to help things either, because he's holding on to the ball a wee bit longer, Yeah, and yeah. Maeda's has maybe made about three runs by this point, and probably about, well, it's never coming in. And then when it does come in, he's not making that run. So I think it's just, it's a wee bit of, it's a wee bit of everything. Like you said, teams sitting a wee bit deeper, us getting the ball away, but not getting out quicker. And guys like a bat, a yacht, or just maybe just not being at top form. So I think he's just suffering for a wee bit of, a wee bit of everything now. But Definitely. I do believe he will be, a, be an asset. And like Alistair, I've said that before, I think he'll be... I think we'll get a better player in Maeda next season. Next year. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a... Jed made the point earlier about us moving the ball quicker. I think the quicker we move the ball, the more it's going to shoot Maeda. Surprised he didn't get on the other night. Right, let's move away. So <laughs> done and, well, we'll touch quickly on Angie's post-match press conference. Superb as usual, wasn't it? Absolutely. Boy asked, I don't know. Absolutely brilliant. Well, maybe it wasn't the result you wanted, so that's why you're a bit annoyed. Aye. Right. This is a big talking point. We're running on a bit, but I'm ah, just going to an hour and a half. Right, really. I've just yeah, got an update. Right, <laughs> <laughs> um, a big talking point, and there's a lot of uproar about this, and also there's a lot of people that aren't really that asked, but it's the announcement of the, the friendly in Australia against their rivals. <laughs> um, <laughs> at first, when I seen it, I was a bit like, what the fuck is this about? But from a money point of view and all that, I can understand why the clubs are doing it. Also, from a point of view where we've got however many people, fans over there that will never get the chance to see a derby match. Um, so I can see all these sort of positives, but also it's never going to be a friendly, is it? I mean, it's us against our arch enemies and all the rest of it. What's your thoughts on it, Ross? Are you are you of the are you an uproar? I mean, I, I know the Green Brigade were singing all singing all sorts about it. Uh, the other night and there was banners and all sorts and I know uh, from the other side uh, the Rangers fans uh, they're similar, there's been a big uproar for the Roxy Bears or whatever it is and and, uh, <laughs> and and whatnot so there's been a big big uproar, but what's, what's your thoughts on it? Um, I, I can see why people are annoyed because Celtic put out a statement however long ago it was we are not one half of anything, right? Aye, and I get that. that some people are like, oh, we're not one half of anything, that's hollow as fuck now because now we've went and 
we've, we've took them along to, or we're going to take them along to Australia. I get that, but I mean, Celtic, Scottish football, right? I've got a deal with Sky for their league games, as shite as it is, right? Mm-hmm. But that that's on the basis because Celtic and Rangers are rivals. Right, you'll know whether it's a new club, old club, right? They're they're still they're still regarded as our biggest rivals, even in our eyes. Yeah. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that an old firm exists anymore. I'll, I'll still say that, mm-hmm. but uh, I can see it for the point of view where Celtic are a business, and any opportunity. To make money in a business, most people take. That's an opportunity to make money, and it also gives an opportunity to fans the other side of the world who otherwise probably wouldn't see Celtic and Rangers playing each other in the flesh. It gives them an opportunity. I know it's only a friendly match, but people have gotten bored with that. The what? And I've heard people saying like, "Oh." Rangers will be like the fans will be over there spouting their spreading their bile in Australia, but I mean it'll no it'll be highly unlikely that it'll be people from Earth Shores that are <laughs> travelling away over there to watch a friendly match. Do you know what I mean? It'll be people who are based in Australia, and it'll maybe not be as toxic as what it is here at times. I mean, I I just feel sometimes people. And this is just my opinion. I, I feel sometimes <laughs> people need need a cause, need something to moan about all right. the time, and this is just the next thing that they want. It, they've got to be in their bonnet about, and it'll be something else in a couple of weeks' time. I'm no arsed either way. If they play, and by the way, I don't even think it's set in stone that Celtic and Rangers will meet because I think. Mm. Rangers could came out and said they'll, they'll, they'll be playing two games, so it, it'll be like a semi final final sort of thing. Aye. Aye, so if they don't aye. play each other in the semi final, one of them might not get to the final. Mm. So I seen John made a I point there know. saying about how we can still have a tour and Celtic fans can actually still watch Celtic, but it's, I think it's more the point of the derby game. They get fans out there will never experience that, and that's that's the whole point. I at first when I Franny I'm caught you but at no, first when I seen it I was a bit like what's this about but I have heard mad figures six seven eight nine mm. ten million and surely if if uh, we play this friendly and we make that money and that money buys us a Kyogo for example do you think the fans will forget about all the the uproar and that then or do you think what, what's your opinion on it anyway? I'm I'm sort of on the side that I've lost the no issues with. Going over to Australia, it was inevitable it was going to happen, much like I think it'll be inevitable we'll go to Japan at some point in the near future. I just don't see why we need to drag Rangers along with us. But it's... <laughs> <laughs> I just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it like I just hope we don't try and sell it as the old firm. Like it could be the old firm in Australia because it's it's not the old firm, so I'm I'm so, I'm I'm on it sort of against it in the sense that Rangers come on, but as long as they don't try and sell it as the old firm over in Australia, I'll probably get on side with it. But, but who's going to sorry? But who's going to try and sell it as the old firm? Celtic. Potential Celtic, aye. 
I don't think they'll do that. I don't I think they need to do that. It's it's as I said, they cut. No, Rangers no, are in it. It could be. Yeah. They might the sponsor. Anybody could try like sponsors and Selden that could try and do it. I'm just saying, but it's but to be to take a leaf out of your book, William, and try and turn a negative into a positive. Like you say, the money that's getting banded about that's saying for that, it's ludicrous to turn it down. It's obviously getting uh, sort of advertised as well as Angie's homecoming. And Rangers are tagging along to Angie's homecoming, which I just think is absolutely brilliant. It's like Angie's coming, Aye, that's home funny, and, like. and, and here comes Rangers with them. And apparently, like I think they're still getting a couple of million, but I think it's, I think it's ridiculously <coughs> less than what we're getting. At. Like I heard the figure we're getting about six, and they're getting about one and a half or something. So I just for comical side that I think it, it's good, and it would be good if obviously if we win the league and things like that. It'll be even better because you're going there as champions and you're just bringing your <laughs> your neighbours across the road and that along for the ride. But for a bit, like Ross said, for a business point of view, it makes absolute sense. It's during the World Cup, we'll, uh, you'll get your players away for some warm weather training and get them away and stuff. So for that side, it all makes sense. But I'm just probably more on the caution side now, just depending on how it gets advertised and Things like that. I hear yeah, there's definitely I could I can definitely see both sides of the argument and mm. I, it's not like me to sit on the fence, but I'm firmly on the fence this <laughs> one, honestly, because I can really I can I can under I can totally understand both sides of the argument. But I wish we had more time, but I've actually ran well over and I've still got much ah, more today. So it's still coming up. So a future pod, I'm no doubt we'll we'll, we'll go into that more detail. Uh, but Libby next. Libby away next to our our bogey team, if you like, the bogey <laughs> ground. Uh, remember the start for the last time we've not won there since 2007. I had a look at it though, 15-year, <laughs> but for 11-year, Levy weren't even in the Ooh, same league, so yeah. it's it's five games. Um, we've drawn three and lost two. How do you feel it's going to go? Uh, I'll go to Franny first. Do you, for me, I think it's imperative that we get Giacomakis back in. I think it's been proven before that our centre forwards have been ragdolled. Mm-hmm. At, uh, at the Tony Macaroni, and uh, I don't think my is going to match up great up there. He said, "What? How? What do you think? It's how do you think it's going to go?" And uh, give me a lineup and your score prediction as well while you're at it. I'm I'm going to be bold. I think I think we've got to break the the hoodoo, so to speak, just and get that one. That I think for the psyche, I think that will be massive for the players. It'll be massive for the fans and stuff as well. It'll just like randomly, it's. See, it's only living in a good, wee bit good form, but they are a small club. But it's just, it's one of the games I think you win at a ground that, like you say, we've not won in five games without going back to 2006 and stuff like that. It's, it is a bit of a bogey ground. I just think for a mentality, for everybody, for the whole club, it will just be, it'll be one. What's he saying? I get one of the boys, oh, the boss I, after I the boys uh, at half nine. John's a guest, so. He'll be on our pod for about six months, but he's guest on the voice of us, so just come on here and watch him afterwards. <laughs> what are you saying? Sorry, Franny. Uh, Aye, sorry, so I, just, I didn't mean to hang you. Just... No, no, sorry. <laughs> I just think for the mentality of the whole team, the fans, if we get a win, it'll be it'll be absolutely massive. And like we said, Warren, I think Jack and Marcus could be key to that just to like, not like to bully their defenders as well, because not that, that that's always about the boys clearly a player as well, but you see that he likes that sort of the the, the rough and hustle, just getting in amongst it, 
on right. defenders. I think Maeda kind of does that in a, a sort of a small man syndrome type idea. Uh, but it's just, I, I think the type of game that it'll be, it will be, it will be one where it's plenty crosses in and stuff, where it's, and it's just not Maeda's game. So I think. I think Maeda's like a wee, he's like a wee Jack Russell at your ankles. Aye. Just I just think, like Ross, when he said a few drinks in that, that's a small man syndrome. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have no defence. I have no defence. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll be a lot happier if Jackie Marcus is in the team than Maeda. Aye. Just Aye. simply how I think the, the game will go. So, fuck. But I think I think well, for my lineup, like heart and goals, controversial. Maybe controversial. I'm, uh, I would probably play Ralston at right back over Yaranovic. I just think because there's got to be plenty of crosses, his assists or maybe picking it. His crosses have been good this season, and then obviously Carter Vicker, Starfield, and I would go Taylor at left back. I would go Beaton in the number six with McGregor and. Probably Rogic just for what this game could mean. I just think Rogic could be key for that. Then the front three, hopefully Jackamacus through the middle, and then we're bad on your either side of him. And I'm I'm with Jed. I'll take a two 0 all day long. I'll take a one 0 all day long. But I think it will be. I can. So no, I think it might just no, something I might happen. Nah, no, I think I would. I would. Kevin, I think I would go, like there's a lot that I would that would drop attack. I just think. Uh, I just think it might be a wee bit. A wee bit physical. Livingston have tried to do that in the past against us, where a beaton will give us that wee bit of physical in the middle of the park. Fair point. Yeah. And and it obviously pushes Callum McGregor up into that eight roll where I think he will excel a wee bit better. And yeah, I think a wee bit of me, I think we'll score in the first sort of the first twenty minutes, and I think we'll not we'll probably kind of cruise the game in a sense. That I'm not saying we'll go and win four five 0 but I think it might turn into a quite comfortable afternoon after. Just got a wee, it's maybe more well, than, right, than anything. I said, yeah, I don't know if it's just blind faith, but I'm going for it. <laughs> what about you, mate? Do you think are you like the same thinking as us? Mate? It's Giacomacus is, is, is big if we can get him back in the side for the game. And what's your lineup and how do you think it'll go? Can we get, can we um, get this? I will. I mean, hopefully, eh? that's that's what you want. If there's any time to end the hoodoo against Livingston, it's now. When you're nine games away or eight games away for a title, um, but I, I think I hope Franny's right. But I think it'll be a I think it'll be a nip and tuck, very tough game. I think Livingston will just do their spoiling tactics as usual, deep as anything, try and hit us on the break, and they've had joy against us doing that, and you can't fault them, and it's worked for them over X amount of games. So. Why? Why should they not do it again? But um, in terms of lineup, um, I think kind of disagree with much with what Franny has said that, that none of it's wrong. Uh, there's a couple of wee differences for me. I would go with heart and goals. I can see what he's saying with Ralston, but the crosses and that. Bit more physicality. Aye, mm. bit more physicality. I was, I was thinking Juranovic, but he's. I think he's sort of. Convince me on the Ralston one day, I'm going to go Ralston. Uh, and then obviously Starfelt, Carter Vickers, and um, uh, Greg Taylor. The midfield, I was always going to go beat on Aye. McGregor Aye. and uh, Rogic. And then my front three, I, I think Jacob Marcus is going to be fit because 
Ange had flirted with him maybe being ready for Wednesday but I think he, he, he probably wasn't maybe not quite there but he thought I'm not asking him at home mm. to St when we're going to need him more against Livingston away um, so for me I would go Giacomacus through the middle I would go Abado on the right and I'm going to put a wee curveball in mm. because he's been off the boil and I feel like he's Jota has for me been coming inside far too much and trying right. shots that have been wavered. I'm going to play my head on the left. Mm. Well, that's a good I, get that. I, I get that, by the way. I get it. Really. And then yeah. if, if Jota can come on and affect the game mm. later, along with Forrest or something like that, do you know what I mean? And give them something else to think about. Interesting, interesting. Let's hopefully mm. we get the result. Um, but I mean, oh, my, oh, I've not gave my score. Oh, nearly you have. Sorry, mate. Um, Tight, isn't it? It's got to be tight. Aye, aye. I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0. Well, <laughs> it's, it's tight in the sense that we've we'll scored the two goals in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing well because we're dragging on, so who gives a fuck? Oh, I'm not going to go on my team. Listen, uh, listen, we're three points ahead. Shapira goal difference with nine games to go. Um, They've got to go, they've got to play Aberdeen first on Saturday, so. Mm-hmm. Listen, you never know. We just need to keep doing what we're doing, grinding out results, winning games, and uh, hopefully we'll be champions by the end of it. But mm-hmm. um, we're run well over, but I'm still going to do the quiz. I need to do the quiz fine, frantically, frantically, frantically. Thanks, by the way, everybody commenting that, keeping staying on oh. us. I know we've been over an hour now, and that. Thanks very much for, for staying on um, and giving your points. Got to do the quiz. I frantically did this right before we came <laughs> on. There's five. There's only five questions. So if Nini's get one right, then I'm just going to call it a draw, right? So same as usual. <laughs> shout it out, whoever shouts in first. Um, I'm sure we'll hear Stephen come on ranting shortly. Complaining yeah, about how he got done at a quiz five years ago. Aye, exactly. <laughs> right. So Celtic last one at Levy, 2007, the Scottish Cup. We won 4-1 that day. Which former Hibs striker grabbed a brace? Ryan Callan. Rather than 1 0 Ross. Ah, I really thought that was a great shout for me. Actually, I doubted myself when you said that. <laughs> 2 0 winners the other night against St. Mun. This is just going to be who's closest. What minute did Cal Mack score in? 78. 76, I was got to go. Oh, it's 81. 2 0 Ross. Ah! Oh. No. Which term or nickname? Was Fergus McCann also known as? The Bonnet. Oh, Franny got that just. What? He did. <laughs> no Watch danger. He did. Watch it back, I'm telling you. No danger. Just. What was Libby's stadium known as before it was a Tony Macaroni? The Almondville. Oh, 3 1. Oh, that's that, that's, that was a knife. <laughs> that was like, that just sounds too simple. <laughs> it was actually 4 0, but I'll take 3 1. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I like Stephen. Uh, no, thanks very much, boys. I've really enjoyed that tonight. Even though nah, it was good, I went on for another two hours, mm-hmm. but plenty of positivity tonight, which makes a change. Can I? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, again, thanks very much for your comments. We love it. We use coming in and, and, and getting involved in the chat. We've got loads more coming up. Uh, Tony's going to host a wee special, a wee financial special look, look at that sort of side of football and on, on, on Tuesday live. So 
getting involved in that. It should be interesting. And next Friday is our big uh, 100th episode, uh, our big Scottish Cup quiz night, where uh, Tony's hosting again, and we're going to have a couple of teams, and it's uh, seen as we're playing Dungan United in the, in the Scottish Cup, we're going to have a wee quiz and a few beers. So join in on that as well. I want to hear you all uh, answering the questions and all sorts. So thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin, mate. Cheers, Enjoyed Kev. it tonight. Thanks. Uh, what is it? What are we saying? Keep safe. Stay well. Hail, hail. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>